Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone, and I'm so glad you've joined our conversation today. We all want to know who we are, right? I mean, it, I don't just mean what our name is or which family we belong to. We all have this deep inner desire to know why we're here on this earth. To know who we are means we'll know exactly what we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to be, and how we're supposed to be successful, right? Well, today we'll be talking about the thing keeping many of us from being happy and confident in who we are, and that's the imposter syndrome. And the woman joining me to dive deeper into this topic is Kathleen Cook. Kathleen is writer, global speaker, media producer, and former actress. She and her husband, Phil Cook, are co-founders of their Hollywood production company, Cook Media Group, and a nonprofit, The Influence Lab, where Kathleen actually publishes her month bi-monthly journal designed for media and entertainment professionals. She's also the author of the devotional Hope for Today, Stay Connected to God in a Distracted Culture, which we'll talk about more as it ties in very well with this topic. So Kathleen, welcome. Hi, guys. It's great to be here. So in your words, how would you define imposter syndrome? Oh, uh, imposter syndrome is what I call in Hollywood, what we call the wannabe syndrome. <laughs> we <laughs> we want to be this incredible star. We want to be this incredible producer, writer, director. And, um, and we go after it. But in our hearts, we have this constant fear that we're not good enough. And um, so much of it is played into by social media and this comparison culture that we live in today. And so um, that's what I call the imposter series uh, series, uh, uh, question. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's fair to say that just about every person on this planet is going to encounter some form of the imposter syndrome in his or her lifetime. So why, why is it that we're so susceptible to this? Well, like I said, I I truly believe that um, it's just where we're vulnerable. Um, You know, I, I'm, very strong in my faith in what I um, believe in. And I believe that one of the opposites of God is the devil. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that's where where he comes in and makes us very vulnerable to this lie that we are not good enough. And of course, in our culture and world of social media today, where we're constantly seeing the best of everything, look at me, look at me, and I'm here and I'm, you know, I'm doing this and I'm eating this great food and I'm wearing these great clothes and I'm going to this great place um, and you're not ha 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 is basically yeah. what it does. Um, it just amplifies to us today this, this vulnerability, this uh, insecurity that continually builds up in our lives. And, um, and I believe the only way we can fight that is to know who we are in God. And that's the difference. A big symptom of imposter syndrome is not wanting to take risks, and it's because we don't think we're capable of pulling off something new or different. But can risks actually, though, be used by God? And does that mean then that when we don't take risks, we're actually sabotaging ourselves out of God's best for us? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we are sabotaging ourselves. It's a, you know, we, we are definitely taking that dagger that and in pushing it into our heart. And that's exactly, again, like I said, where I think the enemy kind of comes in. You know, I want to use probably uh, a biblical uh, uh, example, and that is the biblical um, story of Moses. And, um, and by the way, I have this thing in, 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 since I produce 
movies and television programs and things like that, I believe one of the most important things we can do with our children is to rem- to remind them that the stories in the Bible are not made up stories. They are real. They happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in our world where we're creating, um, you know, such incredible movies. And then we have Harry Potter and Star Wars and um, the Hunger Games and all these great stories mixed in with Mo- the story of Moses and the story of Jesus and the story... When kids look at these stories constantly, they don't know what's real and what isn't real. So I'm just going to throw that in as an extra little bit today that uh, as moms and as grandmas, that we um, make sure that our kids are aware that the biblical stories in the Bible happened. And so I want to use a biblical story that many people know just because it was a movie. The Ten Commandments uh, is a, you know, was, was this movie about Moses. And if you saw the Prince of Egypt, uh, the DreamWorks animation movie out there, again, mm-hmm. a child's story put, you know, in a child's terms or, or a real story put in child's terms, um, you know the story of Moses. Here's this guy who is a wannabe. <laughs> He's an imposter. He mm-hmm. was thrown into this, you know, river and picked up by the princess of Egypt. He was Jewish and he was raised in a... Um, Egyptian home. And all of his life, he knew he wasn't an Egyptian. He was a Jew. And yet God then calls him to lead the Jewish people out of persecution, out of bondage. And he's out then now in the wilderness again with with the Jewish community who's looking at him saying, you're just a wannabe. You didn't grow up a Jew. You grew up as an Egyptian man. So nobody, he doesn't feel like he's really assure of himself in any place in his life. And I think that's what fit feeds into sometimes his, his anger and, the, and some of the failures that he had. But Moses, you know, one of the things I love about Moses, though, and the story of this is that, and that rings through to us today, is that God chose Moses to move. You know, so often when we get stuck in ourselves, we get stuck looking at ourselves, we stop moving forward. We stop seeing what God sees in us and has and knows our potential and our ability to do. And that's when we start feeling like we can't do anything. And that imposter, that imposter series, this this feeling of being an imposter, um, this wannabe feeling uh, that we're not just good enough, we're pr- not pretty enough, we're not uh, wealthy enough, we're not educated enough to do what, what we're supposed to be doing, what, we're, what God's really calling us to do. And that feeds into this insecurity that we have. And, um, and so, yes, you know, we do sabotage ourselves um, by not standing on the foundations that we have that God's given us in the, and knowing that even though we may not have all the answers, we may not, may not be perfect. We may not know where we're going. I mean, Moses, he, he was taking, historians say he was taking 1.5 million people through the desert. Did he know where he was going? No, he had no idea where he was going. Um, but I, what I love about this too is the fact that Moses decided and was shown early on by his wife's father that he couldn't do it alone. 
in Hollywood, we have to be collaborative in the projects we do. And Moses needed collaboration. He needed people around him. Even from the very beginning, Jesus, uh, or rather God, uh, when he came to Moses in the burning bush three times, by the way, you know, Moses wasn't willing to go initially. You know, so often we're not willing to go into those hard, challenging places. And so he had to come three times to him. But when he finally did, I think God just finally threw up his arms when Moses finally said, look, you know, I can't do this. I can't do this by myself. So God said, "Okay, I'm going to send your brother, Aaron. He's going to be your mouthpiece. And I laughingly say in the media business that Aaron was our first PR spokesman in the Bible. Um, he was the voice of Moses. He was the guy who went forward when most, you know, God would say things to Moses and then Aaron would go before the people. Aaron would go before the Pharaoh and give what God had said through Moses to the people and to the Pharaohs. And, um, so God brings people around us and we can't do things all our, all all on our own. And so, um, I think that sometimes feeds again into our, our sensitivities and our insecurity because all of a sudden we think, Oh, I have to do this all by myself. We don't. God's with us and he's going to bring people with us. Do you feel like the imposter syndrome? I know, you know, we've, we, we just were talking about Moses dealt with it. So this is obviously not a new thing, but do you feel like maybe this generation is dealing with it like specifically very hard um, versus maybe even like the generation or two before them? Absolutely. And I think it's going to get worse. I think uh, as I study, you know, in my work that I do, I study futurists a lot. I see where, because I have to know what the audience is going to want to see in five to 10 years. It usually takes us five to 10 years to have a significant project produced from inception Mm -hmm. to completion. And so I study futurists and futurists are telling us that we uh, are moving into a culture of exclusivity and and a culture of um, separation and isolation. And so it's social media that's driving this. So instead of reaching out and going for stuff, we're, we're pulling back and we're isolating ourselves. And we're becoming exclusive to ourselves rather than reaching out to a larger group that can actually, again, collaborate with us. We then pull in. And so the, the very effects that so- social media is supposed to have of positive effects of us being able to reach a lot of people and see a lot of things is actually having negative effects on us. And so I think social media has in our culture today, especially has uh, is going to have to, to deal with these issues more than any other culture in the, pe- in the future in, that has been in the past. We're basically, we're basically turning into Wally. <laughs> we're, we're letting that become a prophetic vision of a film. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do we, how do we pull ourselves out of imposter syndrome and get into a sustainable identity? And then what foundation should a confident identity be built upon? Yeah. Well, um, so again, you know, I look at this from a visual point of view, because that's the the world I live in. Um, So, you know, if if people can visualize that in order to get where you want to go, you've got to build a rocket ship there. You can't just build the Flintstones little automobile where you're moving it with just your little tiny feet. (laughs) Chunk, chunk, chunk. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to build a rocket ship these days. You've got to be able to cut through the clutter. 
you know, uh, statistics tell us that we are bombarded with 5,000 media messages a day. So there you go. That's the statistics. We have this stuff bombarding us. And so I believe God calls us uh, into building a rocket ship, something that's going to cut through this clutter and cut through it quickly and take us to it, to where he wants to take us. But in order to do that, we've got to do the hard work. Um, so much today, you know, when we see all these things, wonderful things that people are doing, we think, oh, it's just coming so easily for them. And they must have just happened to become this big rock and roll star, or this big celebrity overnight. In Hollywood, we have a saying that an overnight ce- celebrity takes 10 years. So <laughs> so go figure on that one. Um, <laughs> but we've, you've got to do the hard work. You've got to do the research. You've got to gather that, that team around you of collaboration. And then you've got to have that passion within you to go the distance. And I want to talk a little bit about passion for just a second, too, and just make a type, uh, maybe a sideline there. You know, so often we go after our passion because we think this is where God's called us. I'm passionate about, you know, this particular thing, or I'm passionate about that particular thing. Um, but maybe... When we look at what God's truly called us to do, he's not called us to walk toward what we like, but what we don't like. Mm -hmm. You know, Jakes has this great saying, your misery is your mission. In other words, I think God calls you to fix the thing that you hate and that your mission in life, what's going to really propel you and give you that rocket fuel in your rocket ship is what you hate. What is it that you hate? So I look at it from, again, from a Hollywood point of view. When I work with students and young people, I'll say, if you're a writer, you may hate the way romantic movies are shown on in movies uh, or or are written in scripts. So maybe God's called you to fix that because it's something that you hate. You hate the way a romantic movie is being projected today. Um, So so go after your passions, not just what you like. But what is it that really you really hate? Use your talents then to propel, propel, propel you into that direction, to be the rocket fuel in your rocket. So, so going back again and getting back on track again, sorry, I got off a little bit there. We have to be honest with ourselves too. We have to be honest with the fact that I have these capabilities and I don't have these. Here is what I need and here is what I don't need. So that's, that's taking yourself really seriously and really ha- looking at yourself seriously. Have others who you trust mentor and who, who you mentor with or, or mentor you really say and be open to their um, criticism. And it's not, you know, criticism, criticism that's meant to cut you down, but criticism to build you up. So be honest with yourself and recognize <clears throat> that you may not have all the answers right now, but that the wisdom comes from taking those initial steps, having failures, and then building on the fact that you've learned from those failures. Have that trusted friend around you that can help you, you know, move forward and support you, not only, um, you know, with their wisdom, but with prayer, too. You know, we all need that covering of prayer. Um, So, you know, you've got to you've got to put in the hard work. And then that's probably the most important thing I could tell you about um, 
counteracting this imposter series. There's nothing worse to me than when I have an, um, when I pull in actors for a project and I see actors who come in and say, well, I just got the script last night. Now, you know, I just, I just grabbed the script as I was walking out the door. I know they haven't prepared. I know they're not ready. God calls us to be ready. He calls us to be to do our research. He calls us to study. He calls us to, to bring these collaborative teams around us. And that's our hard work. And so we cannot just say it's going to come through osmosis. Uh, and we're just going to, you know, put it out there and it's just going to somehow seep into us. Um, doesn't it's going to not going to happen. So um, and if you don't have that, you're going to feel very uh very much like a fish out of water, uh, very much unprepared. And uh, I believe that, you know, once Moses was called by God to go and do this, part of his desert experience, I think, when he was, um, when he killed the Egyptian and he fled out of Egypt and was called into that desert, was a time where God was actually speaking into his life and talking to him and building him up uh, and teaching him the things he was going to need to know in order to lead those the children of Israel out of bondage, so uh, so so do the hard work. Well, and the beauty of if you're a Christian, the beauty of identity is that God c- can give it to you, and He wants to give it to you. Um, so how how do you go about finding that? Because just because He's put it out there doesn't mean you automatically know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you how you do that is you engage with Him. You know, um, I think we're in a culture right now of what I call notional Christians. We have a notion of what it is to be a Christian. We watch uh, preachers on television. We're listening to our Christian music in the car. Um, You know, we are going to church on Sunday and we're listening to these great messages. But we're not taking action. We're not doing anything with it. We're not actually personally engaging with God. Um, it's why I wrote my devotional, Hope for Today, Stay Connected to God in a Distracted Culture, because we are so distracted by our culture and our world today, away from that personal engagement time with God. How is God going to build us up, teach us things, give us insights into this culture and world that we live in? Um, the only way that he's going to be able to do that is when he can personally speak to us. He speaks to us when we pray, but he most importantly, I believe, speaks most strongly into my life when I'm reading the word of God. And, um, you know, my, my, my devotional hope for today was based on um, the Center for Bibles Engagement's eight-year million-dollar study of the habits and activities of Christians. And they studied how often we went to church, how often we read our Bible, how often we prayed, how often we had uh, went to conferences and listened to great podcasts like we're listening to today. Um, <laughs> how often we're being mentored, you know, by outside people. What are those things that actually affect our lives? And they found that when you're not engaged with the Bible personally, yourself, four or more times a week, you'll make no significant choices or changes any different from someone who never reads the Bible. In fact, they even looked at someone who would engage in the Bible one to three times a week. And statistically, it made no real difference between a secular person, a non-believer, and a person who was a, who called themselves a believer, or what I call a notional believer. Um, yeah, it's great to be in the Bible one to three times a week, and at least you're doing it. But when you really 
really schedule it. You know, we got our phones now that distract us, but let's let them distract us in a right way by scheduling our time in our calendars to make sure we have that time where we can be engaged with God and He can talk with us. I truly believe that when we get back in the Word today, um, we're going to see our life change in positive ways. Statistics tells tell us that drug and alcohol abuse falls by 70% when we're in working in uh, when we're reading the bible that anger and bitterness falls in our lives or um ends by 40% um even obesity declines by 20% wow. um, and yet you know what we I, it's almost embarrassing to me to walk into christian bookstores these days cuz the shelves are full of these self-help books how to have a better marriage how to raise your kids better how to financially be strong and those are great and we've certainly got great wisdom leaders out there. But the the basis and the foundation of what we need to be listening to is God's heart and mind personally to us. And that comes only when we're engaged with him in the Bible. And the answers are there if we're willing to spend the time. Again, going back to what I just said earlier, doing the hard work, putting in the time. And trust me, um, there's a great there's a great scripture I love in the Bible where um, the uh, the uh, the scripture says that uh, the prayer is that you will expand my tent. And in other words, today I look at that and I say, no, no, God, I, my tent is my time, expand mm-hmm. my time. And I know every time that I spend time with Him in the Word, that my time is expanded. So when imposter syndrome comes knocking, because it is kind of an ongoing battle, I mean, you can get better at ignoring it, but you know, it'll come back. Um, What advice or tips do you have for keeping focused on your God-given identity and ability? Um, And a lot of the feedback we got from Instagram was around the idea of knowing what to do or how to respond when fear or lack of confidence, all symptoms of imposter syndrome, whenever those start surfacing, um, and especially when you're trying just so hard to cling to this God-given identity that you've you've really started to come into. Sure. Yes. And there are some real specific steps. Like I said, I believe the word is the first step that we need to be. We need to get back into the word. Um, and uh, certainly today in our culture today, it's all about, again, being seen. And that's why social media has played such a huge part about uh, into what, you know, our lives are all about today. Um, and someone has to definitely see our the rocket ship that we're building, you know, so social media is important. We have to be there, um, but we have to know how to use it intelligently and wisely. Um, but probably the first thing that I would say is we have to put ourselves out there. We have to get over ourselves and we have to get over this lie that we're hearing that we're an imposter. We have to look, we have to get past that and say, I am going to not listen to that. I'm going to listen to the scripture that tells me that God has given me courage. Not that I'm going to be brave all the time, but when but when I reach out and go for it, when I when I when I dig into having courage, not just being brave, but having that God-given courage, that comes from this passion again that's ignited within you. That's that rocket ship fuel again that's within you. Insecurity is the wind and the water that puts out that flame that ignites that rocket ship. And so we have to move away from insecurity, that imposter. Uh, attitude, this lie that we hear. 
Um, so pay attention and put yourself out there. Make, you know, it's you're put in a really vulnerable position and it's scary. It truly, truly is. But the Bible says that my strength comes from the Lord. In Nehemiah 8.10, he says, your strength comes from the Lord. And to stop grieving, in other words, stop moaning and stop complaining about it and go pick yourself up and go put yourself out there. So that's the first thing I'd say. Put yourself out there. Be willing to go. Moses had to be willing to go. He had to say yes before before God could allow him to go be the leader of uh, uh, and be this incredible this incre- and leave this incredible legacy that he did. Um, and then again, going back to that story of Exodus, then Moses said, "We have to keep moving." So when you get into these places where you think, okay, I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't have that. Stop thinking about what you don't have and start thinking about what God's given you already. Think in that po- those positive terms. God's given you um, a light and a lamp. He's giving you everything you need right now to go forward. And those things that you feel like you don't have yet, He's going to give you. So that's where we trust in him. And that's why we have to go back to him at least four times a week in our scriptures or more and get what we don't have from him. So pay attention then to that. Stop. uh, Never stop learning. You know, that's why Forward Women is so important, why these podcasts are so important for us today, why we have these great women who said, look, I'm willing to come in and mentor another woman because I've learned these things and I want to pass these things on to them. So don't stop learning. That's the second most important thing I think we can we can also learn is uh, and, and part of this keep moving is keep learning, um, keep knowing that you don't have all the answers. And that's okay. Keep telling yourself, I don't have all the answers and it's okay. I'm going to fail and it's okay. Um, don't, don't keep comparing yourself in this social media culture again with I've got to have, be perfect before I can even move forward. Um, you know, we live in this world of perfectness and God says this world isn't perfect. This world is broken. So welcome to this broken world and welcome welcome to the fact that you're going to fail, that you're going to have challenges in it, and it's going to be okay. God's going to be there for you. Um, uh, stop comparing yourself so much on social media. Turn it off if it gets in your way and turn on the people around you, the team of collaborators around you, those mentors around you. That's why, again, Forward Women is so important because those positive women are going to be around you cheering you on. Um, like I said, Moses felt in both worlds, I think at all times that he had this imposter series, uh, uh, imposter um, uh, feeling all the time. Um, but, you know, so many of our great characters and stories, uh, real people in, this, in the Bible, um, had that feeling. Of, uh, you know, Esther sh- should have certainly have felt that way. Here she was just a slave girl, a Jewish girl, in this court of this incredible uh, king. Um, how imposter of a feel? How how many imposter feelings would she have had uh, to have done what she had to 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 move um, the Jewish people out of this 
moment where they could have all been killed, obliterated off the earth. And yet Esther was willing to, to fight those feelings of insecurity and go for it and know that she couldn't do it all on her own, but the God within her can. That's what's so great about having your faith and your security in a in, in the highest, most power you could, powerful place you could ever have. And that's in God, in God, our father. And so, uh, so that's what I would say to all that. Say yes, say yes, always. And then ask the Lord, I'm going to be there for you, for you, because this is where you've called me to be. I don't have all the answers, but yes, I'm going to go. I'm going to go set my people free. As as Moses said. We're glad you joined us for this conversation about identity and overcoming the imposter syndrome. For more information about this episode, please visit our website, forwardwomen.org. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org. And then click on the podcast graphic on our homepage. If you'd like to experience Forward in a whole new way beyond this podcast, we invite you to check out the Forward Mentor Program. The upcoming summer session is now open for mentees to sign up and begin the process of getting matched with a mentor. This 10-week program connects Christian women in the workplace with mentors who share their beliefs, and mentor-mentee pairs are handpicked according to the mentee's goals and current hurdles they'd like help getting over. To sign up for the summer session of the Ford Mentor Program, visit forwardwomen.org slash mentor. The deadline to sign up for the summer session is Friday, May 3rd. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.